Hey, it's uh, Saturday evening, about four o'clock. I've literally just got in and, um, from the meetup game um, and I ran a game in Felmere with dungeon fantasy role-playing game with five players. Um, so three guys I had met like briefly once before through December when we got together and then two complete strangers, really. Um, and one of those is uh, a lady who has never played role-playing games before and came along and played. Really good mix, really good, great group i really enjoyed it we ran a raid scenario uh with some pre-generated characters and it's quite fun um one of the players would like to kind of build his own character would like to play something a bit druidy so i'm gonna start working with him on that um but everybody else has seemed quite happy with the character that i built for them and um so we took on like we did the character points sort of from experience as it were um they got away they stole a massive amount of cash um so that's kind of an interesting thing as well, which have its own ramifications in the mission, but it was really, really good. And um, yeah, they said they want to like to play again in February. So um, we looks like we are going to take the meetup group to be a group and sort of, you know, meet again. Um, so I'm going to, I've asked them all to email me. We're going to send them an invitation to the RPR Discord uh, fingers crossed if they come across to that then we'll be in a position where we can start planning a game in february and take things forward and wow i'm just so excited about it really jay's gonna bring me back give me a plus one to attack oh 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 i want to come back to the dice Hello Rescuers, my name is Che Webster and this is Roleplay Rescue, the podcast about rediscovering our lost role-playing games hobby. As you heard from that clip from GM's Journal episode 219, I got back to running a game face-to-face. More than that, it looks like this newly formed group of gamers wants to meet again in February. I don't want to jinx it, but I'm so entirely made up about this event that I thought I'd share a few quick thoughts as an episode. Thanks right up front to all the new players in that session who absolutely made my day. James, Phil, Isha, Una and Adam. It was an absolute pleasure to make your acquaintance. This is Season 13, Episode 10, Playing Face-to-Face. There is a qualitative difference between playing online and playing face-to-face that I knew was big, but I'd forgotten was so intensely different that I can't quite pin it all down, but I'll talk more about that in a minute. Let's begin with this. On Saturday the 13th of January 2024 at the Dice Cup Gaming Cafe in Nottingham, UK, five players joined me at the table to play a four-hour session in Felmere. We used the Dungeon Fantasy role-playing game powered by GURPS, and we had a very good time. I went home on the bus at 3.30pm and found myself smiling all the way. Honestly, and this will probably sound a little bit weird, I felt a warm glow of happiness and satisfaction from my hobby that I have not felt for a very long time. Even considering the enjoyment I get from running the local D&D club at school, this was a feeling of a wholly different quality. But I get ahead of myself. We played in Felmere, This was a pretty typical fantasy setup. I had 
pre-built six-player characters for the five players to choose from. This was, by the way, a specific decision because I wanted to offer a meaningful choice even in the selection of characters, which, which one would they leave out? They were being sent on a mission. This was set up as a total one-shot adventure and the mission was to extract, or kill, a criminal lieutenant from the Ravens, a rival thieves' guild who are muscling in on the territory of the dominant guild known as the River Rats. The location? The Muddy Wretch, a roadhouse inn on the north side of Lake Longmere, a few miles northwest of Hargrave, which probably doesn't mean an awful lot to someone listening to a podcast and not able to see the map of Felmere. But if you hit up the Roleplay Rescue blog, you can see that map for yourself in the post entitled After Five Years. I'll stick a link in the show notes. So the mission was to extract or kill... Aiden Wretch, a very cruel and bad man, he works for the Ravens. The bounty was 100 silver, which would be doubled if they got him out alive. I'll not tell the whole tale and spoil the secrets that this group have discovered, but the short version is that they succeeded in the mission and they only had to kill three people to do it. They also decided to steal a whole bucket load of monies. Well, actually, backpack load of monies that they found in Aiden's counting room which I imagine the Ravens are going to want to get back. It was a little bit of a slow start to the session. There was a totally new player, and no one at the table had much experience with a Dungeon Fantasy RPG. This was an introductory game in many ways, so we took the time to lay out the basics of what was on the character sheets, and I kept the rule stuff out of the way until it was needed. But once the raid started, the action got fairly intense pretty quickly, or at least that's how it seemed to me. That's what we did. How did we get there? In case you've not heard episode 6 of this season, this game session and group arose from an experiment with Meetup. This is an online service which helps people organise social events. It's been around for more than 20 years and it's probably the market leader in the field. The idea is to help people meet up and share their interests, passions and maybe even find friendship. The only downside... It costs about $25 a month to organise a group. Meetup paid off. To be fair, my going to the Dice Cup and getting comfy enough to use it as a venue was facilitated by the highly welcoming group of D&D players who took me in and let me join their regular Friday afternoon game, which is hosted at the same cafe. But most of the glory of finding these new players was, yeah, through Meetup. We met in December. Two of the interested players joined me for a coffee at the Dice Cup for a couple of hours, and then another chap joined me for a coffee later in the month at a Costa Cafe near where I live. So I was thinking, great, I have three players. They are interested in getting a game on, and no one has said no when I mentioned GURPS. Because I mentioned GURPS as one of the three systems I would prefer to run, the other two being Basic Roleplaying, BRP, and Cypher System. But my favourite is GURPS. So the next step was to post an event for January. The event was pitched as an open table fantasy RPG game entitled Raid on the Muddy Wretch. The description made it clear that no experience was required. I'd bring everything people needed, you didn't need to know anything about RPGs, and it was going to be played with the Dungeon Fantasy role-playing game. It was to be a truly open table event, and on a whim, I made it open to five players. I knew I likely had three, but hey, what the heck? I genuinely didn't believe that I'd get more than three. I had a few days of no sign-ups, and then suddenly, over about 48 hours, 
I had four players, two of them totally new people. I even messaged one of the original three chaps to let him know that there was only one seat left. He grabbed it, and then a player number six added themselves to the waiting list. Yeah, that's right. The game became oversubscribed, and I had a player waiting. I'm aiming to reach out to that person to see if they would like to join us next time, because on reflection, I feel like even though six players is a bit too many for my taste at the table, it's better not to turn away a curious player. And so it was that suddenly everything was happening. Uh, I had a game in a week, five players, and they were happy to play DFRPG. Game on. Why did I pick Dungeon Fantasy? How did I set it up? And what's this about a raid scenario? I've long wanted to play in an ongoing game powered by GURPS. As you heard in episode 8 into 2024, the Saturday Night Felmir group decided they'd like to shift to using the Dungeon Fantasy role-playing game, which is powered by GURPS. As this had happened just a few days before the meetup got pitched, I thought, what the heck? Why not pitch out what you actually enjoy playing? DFRPG defaults to 250-point high-powered player characters that feel like the kind of brave heroes you get in a D&D 5th edition game or when you play computer games like Diablo. That's all well and good, but it's not my jam. Felmir was actually created to play with the students at school to introduce newbies to the classic dungeon adventuring experience and was originally powered by, and actually still is powered by at the school, basic Dungeons & Dragons from 1983. You know, the classic Red Box by Mensa. With this in mind, this sense that it was a much more grounded classic fantasy game and that Felmir is a place of just about competent beginning adventurers, I decided to opt for 62-point characters inspired by Gaming Ballistics' Delvers to Grow supplement for the Dungeon Fantasy role-playing game. I added 8 points for street experience, um, mostly because this is a one-shot, and it made the characters 70 points in total, with minus 25-point disadvantages and 5 quirks. Okay, I'm getting into gobbledygook now, so for those not into GURPS, that translates as an extra 30 points in trade for some character flaws. As it turned out, this felt perfect at the table. So what's all this talk of the raid scenario? Just as Alexander's new book, So You Want to Be a Game Master, came out in November and arrived in the UK in late December, I started reading it mostly over the Christmas break, and inside is a section entitled Raids and Heists. So the methodology of running a raid scenario is straight out of that book. Why run a raid? Well, the decision was made in part because I fancied giving it a go, And also because one of the meetup players had expressed a preference for playing a modern-day conspiracy weirdness game. This was one of the options I presented to the three initial chaps back in December. The other two guys leaned more towards fantasy, but it seemed to me that a raid scenario gave the fantasy game a slightly modern-ish feel. I mean, raids are essentially a variation on location-based scenarios that develop the old dungeon crawl formula to give it a different experience. In short... Whenever the player characters want something that's located in a specific place, the raid is a pretty ideal scenario. The main difference is the inclusion of an extended information-gathering reconnaissance stage at the beginning of the adventure. In simple terms, you have a location and the players go scope it out. They make a plan based on the intelligence they gather and then they execute the plan. 
The scenario structures the play for the GM and allows for patrols to evade, alarms to avoid setting off, people unexpectedly moving around the location, and the general sense that if the PCs raise the alarm, then they will be in a whole world of hurt. If you've not read Justin's book, well, it's a must-read. Shame you might have to wait, though, because it sold out the first print run and new copies won't hit shelves until February, but again, I digress. I loved running the raid on the day, but prepping it wasn't too bad either. I used Justin's quick mapping technique to draw up the muddy wretch, decided it had a basement level below and a single floor, and placed it in a walled compound area off the road between Hargrave and Stone Harrow. The player characters would infiltrate by boat along the lake shore, hike inland and approach from the south wall. I drew up two sketch maps, one of the compound view with visible buildings, wagons and such, and the second of a zoomed in outline of the main Muddy Wretch building where most of the action would likely take place. I sketched on all the visible doors and windows. Main thing here is that the player characters discover multiple possible ways into the building. Due to prep time limits I was back to work for the first week in the run up to the game I decided to keep my map key notes very light just some simple room labels some notes on how many thieves were in each room and and deciding to really improv the details like furniture and such as I went along I'm pretty good at improv for descriptions of rooms so I decided not to sweat that stuff it's part of the Alexandrian's smart prep credo don't prep stuff you can confidently improv the biggest task was to build the six-player characters. In fact, this took maybe 20 minutes apiece over a few days. At first, I was going to use Delvers to grow and simply build them using those templates. But in actuality, what I did was start by describing each character and giving them a little bit of simple backstory to inspire the design. And then I opened up the Dungeon Fantasy Adventurers, the book which tells you how to make characters and equip them from the full boxed set. And I used the bigger templates that are in there as a framework from which to pick traits and pretty much matched up to the ideas that I had. What I ended up with were some characters who were designed specifically for this adventure, but also with a mind towards being viable longer term too. And along the way, what I did is upskill myself. I learned more about how to build adventurers and what specific stuff characters can do. So actually, by doing this myself, I was pretty ready to run those adventurers through this scenario, especially when it came to the spells. So big thanks are due to Mr. Sandman, Andrew from Long Island, uh, Mendit Man, Bob, and Vidar, Simon from the UK. These guys give loads of advice and help with the character builds. They hang out in the RPR Discord, and they regularly discuss GURP stuff with me, and, well, they gave me lots of small tips that helped big time in prepping, so big thanks to you guys. So that's how we got it ready. Which brings us to how it felt, at least for me, on the day. I said earlier that there is a qualitative difference between playing online and playing face-to-face -face that I knew was big, but forgotten was so intensely different. Sitting down with other human beings and sharing an imaginary narrative game like a role-playing game is a special experience. There's the game itself, of course, but the thing I had forgotten was how much richer the whole thing is when we play in the flesh. This was something some of the players commented on afterwards, at least those who've played online. For me, it is easier to read the table face-to-face. -face. You can get actual eye contact instead of looking at a person's face on video, assuming you even use video for an online game. 
but you can feel the table. You know, the way that humans can intuit the mood and reactions of others when they are in the room together. We also feed off and reinforce emotional states. For example, when we got into a tense battle, I was able to draw attention down to the battle mat. Yes, we used one, even though I didn't expect to go full tactical combat. But when we got into a tense battle, I was able to draw attention down to the moment and drive the pace of the game in that second-by-second rush. Or at least I was able to push it towards that once the basics of how to move and fight got picked up by the players. You can't drive the emotion and you can't read the table in the same way online. And then there's the tactile elements. Rolling real dice, moving tokens, flipping the character sheet over, writing hit point damage with a pencil sketching stuff on the raid map with a pencil, drawing the guard patrol routes on the map. All that stuff is part of physically interacting in the real world. For me, the imaginary world is made more real when I'm sitting at the table, enacting the decisions of the players into dice rolls and annotations. It's hard to explain why, but there is something more real about imagining and then doing in the physical sense rather than imagining and clicking in a digital sense. Players could have side conversations. You can't do that easily online. You have to set up separate voice channels to have side conversations. I was able to take players aside and give them information. For example, there was this awesome moment when the wizard Andreth cast the Seeker spell and I took player aside to tell them what they saw. I described the route between where they were, just along the south side of the muddy wretch outer wall across the yard through the main l-shaped bar through a door to a corridor down some stairs to a cellar through a door to another passage left along that passage around a left turn down to a door on the left and there to give andreth a vision of aiden wretch sitting counting his money this was one of the three moments that helped define the player's plan and it felt awesome as much because I could take James aside as a player as for any other reason. And finally, I'm going to call out the fact that real-life smiles and the associated body language cues from players, these are entirely priceless. You cannot communicate the same degree of warmth and camaraderie through a monitor screen. Smiles are infectious. Going from six nervous strangers to a group of gamers bound by the dual experience of playing a game together and winning the scenario is made stronger in the flesh it's hard to explain why but yeah it was qualitatively different there is probably more that i could say about that but for now i'm gonna leave it hanging there i enjoyed myself immensely i'm hugely grateful to the players who made it come alive and i'm hugely grateful to all the roleplay rescue listeners and patrons who encouraged me back to the physical table yeah thanks for listening and i'll see you next time As you know, I love hearing from listeners just like you. Some folk drop me an email or tag me on social media. I'm on Blue Sky and MeWe if you want to look me up. But the most enjoyable feedback comes from listeners who call in, whether by hitting the link to SpeakPipe or by recording a voice memo and emailing it in. There have been no callers this time around, so I'll just end by encouraging anyone who has questions or comments to hit the link to SpeakPipe that you can find, along with all the other contact information, in the show notes.
that's it. Thanks once again to all the new players in that Felmir session who absolutely made my day. James, Phil, Isha, Honor, and Adam, thank you. I do hope, if you're listening to this, that you'll come back and play again soon. Thanks to the Roleplay Rescue patrons who support the show through patreon.com slash rpgrescue. Your support has funded the meetup attempt and also the school D&D club for students. We've actually bought two copies of So You Want to Be a Game Master, which are now in student hands. Thank you to John from Tale of the Manticore for the Roleplay Rescue theme music. Most of all, thank you to you for showing up and listening. My name's Che Webster. This is Roleplay Rescue. I'll see you again on the flip side. Game on.